So how do you achieve financial freedom, gain wealth, and live life on your terms? That is the question, and here is the answer. I'm A.G. Osborne. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom. Welcome to Cash Flow to Freedom, and it is the date today is March 16th, 2020. The reason I'm stating the date today, because it's a day that will be remembered for a long time to come. The Dow is down 3,000 points as one of the worst drops in all of history as markets crater. And with that start, that's what me and Rock are going to talk about today. We are going to talk about coronavirus and market hysteria and what is currently happening, how to prepare and uh, how to put context into what's happening right now in the marketplace, how it is affecting business, the trickle-down trickle effect, which I think is important because there's such a disconnect from Main Street government, uh, or excuse me, Wall Street government down to Main Street, all of our daily lives, and uh, people don't have a whole lot of context to really digest all the information, I think, that's being swung out of them, out of them in the last week or, or, or two. And so we're going to have a conversation about that, what we're seeing in our businesses, what we're hearing on the streets, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, it's pretty rough out there. It's uh, I think that the main thing is we got three issues. You got one, the actual virus. If you contract it, there's a chance you'll get uh, flu-like symptoms. You could get pneumonia. And there's a higher mortality rate than the flu. They're saying it's like 1% to 3%. It depends on who you talk to. There's that. Then there's the healthcare impact. So if all these people start going to the hospital, what happens to our hospitals? And then there's the economic impact, which actually I think scares me more than both, at least for my age group. It's different for my parents. Like I, I worry about them. But the economic impact of this with everyone freaking out, um, they're shutting everything down. Restaurants, retail, hotels, airlines. Even my, like I sell online, uh, my sales have slowed down quite a bit. I'm probably down 20, 20 to 30% so far. And I'd expect that to drop more. The problem with that is like, we'll be able to contain the virus at some point. Either we'll all get it and there will be a massive amount of deaths and the virus is over and the hospitals will recover. But I think everyone's lack of education and everyone freaking out is leading to this economic thing where this could last a long time. I think you're right. And I want to preference this by saying in no way, shape or form are we doctors. So we're not going to talk deep on the effects of how you know if you have a virus or not. Hey, I don't know. I could have one right now. I, I have no clue. So we're going to talk about, like Rock said, the effect, which obviously I, I think both me and Rock are more concerned with, which makes sense because of our age group, everything like that, the economic effect, because that is, and it's not... And by no way are we downplaying form, are we? Yeah, exactly. Because no, no, it is no, no. super it's serious. Very serious. You need to watch out. You need to be careful. But with the same token, we're not doctors. We're not going to focus on that. We're, we're going to talk about the economic impact of these things. Because at the end of the day, I, I strongly believe that in trying to cure the problem, you We've can do more, more. damage. Yep. Than you then you act and actually solve, and the reason is, and I think we can we can kind of talk about these things, is you have two different sides that people need to compartmentalize when viewing the economy. You have the economy as far as trade, goods, buying, selling, things like that, right? And then you have, let's say, the markets, principally debt markets, things like that. 
those two are two separate things. So what happens is the markets that we have, debt markets, stock markets, things like that, this can end up being a situation where the tail's wagging the dog. As in the fundamentals of the market, how our economy run, inverts, and it crushes the economy that was healthy to begin with. The perfect example, once again, is 2008. Now, I'm not saying, and let me be very clear at this, I do not think this is at all like 2008. But I'm just saying 2008 was a market problem that destroyed the economy. Whereas right now, the economy was doing good. This upcoming, and people can argue if it's going to cause a recession, I think we're already in one, but you don't know that till after the fact. Uh, recession uh, or stock markets and uh, economists are great at predicting recessions a year after they've happened. Um, so yeah, I'll you know, tell you. I'll tell you guys in, in two years. Exactly, I promise. I promise. I'll exactly be right when too. it started and exactly when it ended. <laughs> but let us share with you what the markets, what we're seeing on the back ends, dealing with banks, supply chain issues, front end capital problems, employment outlook. That kind of stuff, when you're looking at a lot of people are saying, should I get in the market? Should I get out of the market? Should I be doing, you know, to put this framework around this scenario? So I think to start off, it's pretty clear there are certain industries that are in serious trouble. Hospitality. Air, hospitality, airlines, yeah, anything, restaurants, communal gathering is a problem. Exactly. When the government comes out and says no more, no more groups of the, yeah, because he just announced this, like I'm talking yep. like 30 minutes ago, yep. he said, plus. he said, uh, you can't have more than 10 people. Well, you just decimated markets and, and like probably what millions of businesses. Oh, a absolutely. Yeah. I, I would say I, every business in some fashion will be affected. If you're retail brick and mortar, if you need people to come in and this comes down to a revenue standpoint. So when I look at my business, First of all, people are like, oh, I'm not worried about my business. Well, then you're then you're clearly not that intelligent and because there's have a for million way, ways that your business can go under. I am absolutely concerned about our businesses and how they're going to run and how we're going to be competitive, what we need to do, which we're going to get into what we're currently doing, um, which there are advantages, um, and that's what we'll explore. But how our revenue is produced through my main lines of business is something that I learned in the Great Recession that became very, very important to me is this idea of residual-based income, as in I don't need churn, so I don't need customers, right? Retail suffers from this. If somebody doesn't show up in your store, it's going to hurt, as we're all seeing pictures online of, you know, empty things, right? And you see these places where airlines, you know, my buddy is on 747, he's the only one on the plane. You go to kids' gathering areas like trampoline parks, Right nobody's in there. They're completely empty. These places, hotels... Times Square, there's somebody just posted a picture of Times Square and it's empty. Yeah. Looks like I am legend. Yeah. Like... It's just nobody's out. So these people that need tomorrow, I don't know what my revenue is today. I have a friend that's in the hotel business and he, he told me, he's like, you know what? The one hard thing about hotels is I don't know how much money I'm going to make today until tomorrow morning. And he's getting hit hard, right? And they're getting hit hard. because So he doesn't know from month to month what the revenue will look like because unless people show up that day to rent a hotel room, there's nothing there. So in instances like this now, he's going, we went from being 90% occupied to 20. And overnight, overnight, it just seized, right? Those are the kind of industries that are sitting here looking back, say, uh, looking and saying, we've got issues because I don't know when 
people will start coming back. There is no time frame in which we all say, yeah, people are going to start jumping on planes again. People are going to start filling up hotels. We don't know. And I think that the the panic, it, the economy is getting hit harder from people freaking out. And oh, 100%. It, and the media and social media perpetuating it. Now, I'm not saying, like, this is way more serious than the flu. Yes. The absolutely. mortality rate will, is, is much more severe. But the panic. Hysteria. Yeah, is, is way worse because what, what's happening is, like, if you look at China, China shut their country down. They quarantined 700 million people by force three months ago. And I was following it because I import from, like, six factories out there. They were all shut down. They needed government permission to go back. And they're back up and running now. And I think that we do need to do some form of a quarantine to slow the spread so that our healthcare system can handle it. But we can't have the reaction we're having now uh, because four months, four weeks ago, I remember talking to everybody. I, I, I was like, hey, is anyone looking at this? Because I w- thought I was going insane. I pulled all my money. I pulled money out of the bank, got my parents prepped, got myself prepped. I bought N95 masks before anyone knew what was going on. People were looking at me weird. And now I'm looking back and I'm like, oh, I wonder if I did enough. And I think that... I experienced the fear everyone's feeling at the, in the moment I realized it and everyone's going through that motion now. It doesn't mean it's real. And it is real to the extent of what's happening, to the reality of the situation, but it's not to the reality of what you're being fed through the news and fed through social media and what you're everyone around you is doing. constantly, all yeah. the time. Well, you're looking at pictures of grocery stores being empty. Yeah. And then you think to yourself, I need to go clear my grocery store. I have store. no food. Yep. And you are immediately panicked. And and the supply chains are still working. Yeah, the, they're, they're still working. they're they still restock. Yeah, and here's the problem: like with my supply chain, we're seeing uh, freight increase go by two, three hundred percent. Now I need to run my numbers and make sure I'm still profitable at, at that amount. And honestly, even if I'm not profitable, I'll still probably order it just to make sure I can keep selling stuff, just to keep the machine going. I might my profitability might drop, but I I just need to outlast my competitors. To be honest with you, and I think that everyone's panic. Once we get this quarantine over, and I, I do think that they'll quarantine most majors. I even said this like weeks ago. I said they just announced they're doing it to um, major cities. Major cities, New York, San Francisco yeah. announced today. And I figured they would do it mid-April because I was I, we're, we're basically trailing China by two months. So I would imagine in two to three months we'll be through this or at least getting through it. And within six months, we should be back on the path. Now, obviously, if they can't contain the virus and we see millions and millions and millions of people getting it, we have a different problem. There's going to be a healthcare issue that uh, we, need to, we need to slow down. And I, that's the part where I, I'm like, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. Um, because that's where everyone's getting yeah, hit. absolutely. I think, though, it's important to understand that, though, the hysteria part is scary for me because there's two different kind of economic problems that you look at. And I guess why this one... It's not that it doesn't worry me because it's it's scary. And I, I'm not downplaying anyone's scare here. I understand you're scared. But at the same time, I'm going to work. I'm living life completely normally. I went to the movies with my kids, right? We're probably not going to do that anymore. Don't worry. I don't want hate well, you were the only everybody. one everybody. And we were the only one in there. So we're totally fine. But we own a school, which we canceled. We sent all the students uh, home because we're fo- following the government guidelines. We're not. I'm not a proponent of spreading anything. But what I am saying, though, is the reaction here. What we're currently seeing is people's activity, not activity. It's like a nuclear bomb went off. It it is. And it's mass hysteria as if we think that the system is broken when the system is not. So in 2008, the system was broken. It was literally not working. The credit markets that run the entire world stopped. They seized. 
And for those of you that think that that's not important, well, the debt market is the only market. There is no other market because money is debt. And so when banks couldn't turn over the next night their deposits and they couldn't refund, they were worried about literally ATMs not having money come out of them. That means payrolls didn't happen. That means nobody had inventory. So supply chains crashed because they couldn't have money to stock shelves. None of those things are happening. Um, the grocery stores, they're obviously doing well. Sales have got to be through the roofs. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're, they're doing very well. They're going to keep supplying. All that stuff's going on. But we are getting to a point where we're terrifying ourselves. And mass hysteria is spreading. And um, it's causing people to act very emotionally as opposed to logically. Yeah, and I was going to say, you can tell when a supply chain is not working properly because if a supply chain doesn't work properly, normally it's the supply chain that goes down because of an issue with the, with the fundamental supply chain. When the supply chain starts to get tampered with and messed up because of what it actually provides, and, and I guess what I'm trying to say is it would normally be the cause and not the effect that would cause it to go down. And it's, it's the reverse right now. So if, if we shut everything down and they can't get stuff out, the supply chains will go down. We shut that down. But if the, if the problem was with the supply chain and people, whether uh, whatever that situation might cause that to be, then it's like cause and effect versus effect versus cause. Does that make sense? No, that makes complete sense. If you look at Amazon struggling, they're struggling because their supply chain is being overloaded. It's working fine. Amazon's doing great. They're going to hire 100,000 people, they said this month, I think it was, because they need people to get products and service because we're moving, you know, we're going out. So the industries that you need to be careful in and you need to start looking around is first, once again, we talked about restaurants, hospitality, things like that. But two, you also need to understand that these aren't isolated. So we have chain reactions right? That means people will be one able to thing, rent. Exactly. One thing affects another thing and it's a trickle down effect. And that's where you got to stop um, a lot of these things. It, it, you know, if you remember 9-11 and then we had the debt crisis and now we have the coronavirus crisis. Yeah. AJ's it's, 82, by the way. Guys. Yeah, exactly. No kidding. I am feeling old here. Like I tell the kids at school back in the 1900s. So <laughs> yeah, anyways, you got um, the first when 9-11 happened uh, after that, you know, they came out and said, the best thing you can do for our economy is to go buy things. And guess what everybody did? They went and bought TVs and everything else, right? The economy kicked back up and started. It was going on an underlying problem that nobody knew about, right? The debt markets. Um, but the point being is our economy is ran by us. And what we choose to do, we can actually make or break the economy. That's why markets, like efficient market theory, I don't believe in. Because efficient market theory, theory EMT, that states that we're all efficient functioning creatures, which there is by far no less efficient creature than humans because our emotions make us so imbalanced. And you see how in three weeks, three weeks ago, the world was not only perfect, it had never been better. The United States had never been better. Right now, if you, if, you, if you left for a month and came back to the United States today, not hearing anything, turned on the news, you would, you thought, what, did an atomic bomb go off? Like, it would be so shocking to you that the underlying assumptions of everything that you thought just weeks ago now is completely turned upside down. And the coronavirus was, was here three weeks ago, for sure. Yeah. The thing is, is the, the U.S.'s response to a pandemic was way too slow. One, they never wanted to say it was a pandemic. And just for reference, I've been following this since like January, the first week of January, 
I mean, it, it came out like December 31 was China's first case because people in, in uh, Guangdong and the other factory areas, they were losing it. And it's the same response. And it was here. We didn't shut down international travel and they're still not shutting down international travel all the way. He shut it down three days ago, four days ago. So the response was way too slow if you wanted to even stop the virus. So it's in the United States. Now there's a long time, uh, longer incubation time on this virus. And I have heard that people have seen a spike in pneumonia cases and, and these, these things are happening. But the response is as if like viral Ebola with a 50% mortality rate is spreading out of a horror movie. And that, yeah, like you're saying, the economic impact, it, it's made up through fear. And you can see that with the toilet paper crisis. Everyone's going out and buying like as much toilet paper as you can. But then I go over to the cough, uh, wherever the medicines are, and I can see kids cough syrup, all these, yeah. like all it's these all fever, there. it's all there. And you're thinking, well, people aren't thinking properly, yeah. like, because toilet paper is fine. You, yeah. you don't need toilet paper. And like they'll get more tomorrow. Yeah. Or, or you just like, yeah, you, you have no need for yeah. more toilet paper. Yeah. You do for cough syrup, fever control, yeah. because a lot of the stuff, I mean, unless you're super severe, you can't go to the hospital. Like you need to deal with it on your own. And, and that's not medical advice, but like. Yes. You can't overwhelm We're not giving heart. anyone medical. But, but like my thought process is if I get it, I'm just going to deal with it yeah, because 100%. me going in healthy, I'm going to take a bed for somebody who will have mass, like they, maybe they have asthma or maybe they're older, they need a ventilator and they need that bed and the staff. And I think this, this goes to an underlying problem though. You have people like us that are assuming the effect is going to be the same, right? Yeah. So first of all, we know it doesn't affect kids like anywhere near than it does the general population or over like over 60 crowd yes yeah they're more at risk normal people like if you're over 60 and you have underlying health conditions right let me make this very clear people we are so not doctors okay Um, but we've we've been looking at it i've been following it we've been following it because of our employees things like that it's important but the point being is though you have people that um can pull resources from other people so the people that should be actively engaged in making the economy work should not be the ones losing their heads, right? You need those people that actually need to be self-quarantined. You need those people like, you know, nursing homes, people are, they should not leave the house. That's an absolutely appropriate response. Like they need to, but the people that are actively engaged, they can, they're You can't healthy. just check out. You can't, you, you just can't say I'm done for six months. Yeah. It's, it's, that, it's more catastrophic to, it is to, to kind of put life on pause. And I think we have to do that to some extent. Now yeah, it's yeah. too late. We're already in it. Yeah, we're in it. And um, you have to change your behavior. We are, once again, we have kids at home. We're like, we're not going to go to the bowling alley, right? Things, things like that. But at the same time, we're going to live a normal life to some extent, right? Which brings me to, I, I think as we're going down this road and it looks like where's, where's the bottom, where's opportunities, what are we currently doing? We're in this, it is what it is. People are trying to, I think, gather together the information to match the reality, the hysteria, and how that's going to equal out in the economy and what's going to happen. And let me tell you a little bit about how what we're seeing on our revenue side and what we're doing and ways that you can actually benefit from this, because there are, there, there always is. My company was built, Bitterroot, was built out of the last recession my main company. And this is something that has always been true and always will be true for those that can keep a level head, that can step up when others are fearful and retreating. They are the ones that will lead everyone out of the disaster and things like that. And they get all the opportunity, 
right? Because they take a so-called risk, which actually to me is a lot less risk because now there's level of expectation. So for me, there's less risk today in investing in the stock market than there was three years ago. But that's not that's not what how people are thinking. Instead, they're the opposite. They're like, the stock market's not safe. I'm going to pull my money out. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's had a 30% retreat or something, you know, crazy. Like it's now it's even better time. Now's the time to be buying. And we're looking at that everywhere from properties. But the problems that you may see in the in your company is the stability of revenue. So when we're looking at replacement tenants paying on the real estate side are companies that have to provide insurance and people buy products, how those are administered, how likely those people will be able to pay their bills. There's a few things you can do to adjust to make sure your revenue stay intact. Some of the things that we are doing is we're taking advantage of the low interest rates. We can refinance. And this is a perfect time where you say, hey, you know what? Maybe I'll just go a few years on an interest only loan. That way you get higher revenue flows. You can sustain a little more downturn in occupancy levels. As far as businesses, if you have any business debt, I am not a proponent of businesses without assets to carry debt. It's if you do refinance it out, right? Get longer terms. Um, understand that you may, once again, those revenues may not be as stable. And then two, this is the time to put your head down and get to work. If you got to get new clients, you need to be hitting the phones. You need to change the way you prospect. You need to look at their needs. You need to understand their fears. How can you help other people? You need to be doubling up your efforts because you need to be bringing in revenue collections. You need to make sure you don't have delinquencies. You need to tighten the ship up. You need to cut cut your unnecessary expenses. unnecessary expenses. That's what I've been right? doing. I've, I've I laid off so many uh, agencies that, you know, I killed my Google ads. They weren't they weren't killing it. And if if it's not killing it right now, I don't need to spend the money. I'd rather we've seen a different side of you because obviously I import export. So I saw this coming. And one of the main issues is like yeah, China and Pakistan can get materials and they're they're still going at a percentage of capacity. But one thing I wasn't expecting was the freight cost increases three hundred percent, three times as much, four times as much. And so I'm, tr- and luckily I was, I saw this coming. So I started preparing my shipments then. So I could see ship because I think for online businesses, you'll see an increase depending on the industry. I was looking at this thread on a private forum. You have to have a quarter million in sales to be in the forum and people in grocery prepping some games were seeing massive increases like, like black Friday type increases on their sales. And for us, we've seen a slow decline. Uh, and I'm in gym gear. Um, which obviously if they close gyms, people will buy less. But I do think that also people will buy equipment and stuff just to work out at home. So I think that the way you do it is, yeah, you cut your your unnecessary expenses and just know your overhead number and you just pay that overhead number and see how many months you can last. And that's kind of my strategy. Like, hey, as long as money keeps coming in and we're profitable, we can keep this machine going even if we slow it down to a bear, a bear crawl. And, and, and slowing down too is not all sales are... Um, great sell. So if you have some product lines that the cost associated with them are extremely high, you may want to think about slow, manually slowing those sales down and allocating those time and resources to products that have higher margins and are more efficient use of your spending and of those dollars. And that's, you know, we're looking at opportunity cost because too, you also want to free up capital once again for opportunities. We're looking at buildings to buy that we were looking at just a few months ago. Now we're like, you know what? What we were thinking about originally paying, we're probably not going to pay that anymore. 
too, you were going to have a problem with um, anything that you were thinking of financing that had to do more speculation, development, building, unknowns that don't have current existing revenue in them. Banks are not going to want that. You just need to realize that if you were planning on doing a development this summer, it's high likelihood you're not going to get financed. Bank, We're already seeing the banks turn away from anything that needs to fill up. And if you have deployed a business or asset that needs to be filled up, that is your number one concern. It is how do you get that revenue coming in? And all actions need to be surrounded around that, filling up, getting revenue in, and adjusting your marketing, your strategy to the new sentiment, I guess, of the market. It's crazy how fast things can change. And I think that's why it's important to have the fundamentals down like, hey, live live lower than your means. Don't overextend yourself. Because it's weird how all this came about. Like I was close to signing a massive, a big lease on a way bigger space. And I was uh, looking at hiring this new guy. And I'm, now I'm pulling back and being like, okay, really building out a game plan. Because I, I think, like Trump just announced, it'll last till July, August. You need to be in it for six months yeah. and be able to weather that storm so that you can get back, you can get back to, in a year, this will be passed. It, the, the aftermath of the ec- economic impact will remain, but you need to be able to look look through that year and say, okay, this is this is the game plan. I would say, yeah, tightening, tightening things down, uh, managing your personal expenses. Obviously, if you're going to be inside, you won't be spending as much money outside. Make sure your bills can keep getting paid. If you pay rent or have a mortgage, obviously look at that, keep monitor it and make sure that there's a plan in place in case you, you can't afford it. Yeah, I think it too, you need to realize that this is when we, if you're ever going to make a budget for the future, budget during now and then hold to it for the rest of the time. Me and my wife have not changed our budget since the last recession. We haven't done it. We still have the exact same payment on the house. We still have the exact same basic costs. We don't have, in fact, I think we have less expenses because I think we had one, uh, we had debt on a car, which my wife was like, we, we didn't need to. So my wife's like, you need to pay that off. So we just paid it off to pay it off. Um, because, I mean, so we're, we have less fixed expenses than we did during the last recession. And that was something that has served us very well. Our income has grown, our wealth has grown, but we didn't have the lifestyle creep. And I think that looking at that, this is a perfect time to test your underlying assumptions of your business, your personal finance, and monitor where you should be at in life. To rethink a lot of these decisions that feel good now, because our basic assumption is that today will go on forever, right? Two months ago, everyone's like, oh, today will happen next month, and there won't be a change till next year. And then all of a sudden, the world changes to the worst possible scenario, right? Yeah, Everybody's thinking just goes down to the absolute worst. And if you're budgeting, you budget on the worst, right? Not on three months ago when you think that the good will never stop. And this, uh, if anything, this just reinforces always making those good decisions financially. Yes. Because even when things were good, because it's the first time I, I would say I've been impacted by this. Like 2008, I remember it. But I never had yeah. to deal with the aftermath and going through it. This is kind of a reminder of like, oh, this is why you live below your means. This is why you manage your cash flow properly. This is why you, you never want to overextend. Which I've like, I think that most people that will get hurt by this are the people that are sitting there living above their means and getting constricted by things outside of their control that they never would have thought would have been out of their control. Absolutely, you're exactly right. And when it comes down to business, there, the this is how you analyze investment income and how you're placing capital. You know, during the last year, 
we had not yet, or last two years, we had waited to do any developments because we had one development that was still stabilizing, which is stabled out, stabilized this early spring. And then we said, okay, now we're willing to look at another development now because that one stabilized and it was a big one. And we didn't want to have multiple unstabilized assets out that future cash flows were unknown. It needed to be cash flow positive, right? So we did that one. Then we're like, okay, we can start one. Well, we never even started one in this game. So we don't have any that we're sitting there like we have to feed. You know, they're all cash flow positive. Um, It's little things. But those little things now will put us in a place to where, yeah, now we're definitely looking for development projects because we're going to get them at discount prices. We should uh, should do that on the next podcast. We should talk about what are the the money-earning potentials like talking about what yes. stocks, what uh, real estate, you know, because yeah, I think this this is more about preparing, embracing, yes, um, and being aware of like, okay, because this is going to be a theme now. You yeah, know, we do this podcast every week, and it's going to be a theme that will probably go on for a, for while. a while because we understand we're getting tons of questions. It was funny because I looked back yesterday and I opened up my email and I had a bunch of emails from you guys off uh, our Cash Little Freedom website. Different people like I, I'm keynote speaker at the largest self-storage conference in the world that just now got put off. Obviously, the the casinos in Vegas are shutting down right now. And so we're getting like, how are you guys working? What are you doing? Are you still investing? All these kind of things. So we'll keep you guys updated as we go. But I think the important thing and what we're really trying to talk about here too, once again, is yes, the impact of the virus is serious. We're not trying to downplay it is, but the hysteria is not real. You need to put, you know, get off of Facebook. People. Yeah. Limit your time on social media. Absolutely. Control your thoughts. Absolutely. Be aware be and aware prepared. And prepare. But, but don't be doing this no. toilet paper crap. Like realize no. that they're your neighbors and old people that need, need. stuff. One, one of the things you could do, and I highly suggest this because my wife's incredible. She started calling and finding out people that were that were over, you know, like 70 and they were nursing homes in our area. So she could go get them groceries and bring it to them so they don't have to go out. Stop thinking about you and start thinking about others and how you can help others and what you can do, how you can help your customers, how you can help your businesses. Realize that if you get sick, you know, self-quarantine, go home, right? Take care of yourself. But please don't automatically assume that your You're children gonna, are going to die. Yeah, exactly. And that's not safe. It's not healthy for you. Yeah. It's not healthy for your family, your kids. And two, you're not helping anyone by doing by panicking like that and the more panic things you post of shelves you know empty online saying none of you are going to get food because it's all gone it's this just or you see these videos of people fighting in the grocery stores and just like what are you guys doing doing it me me and my wife went to the store two days ago it was totally fine we went got our groceries and things like that went home it was you know there's nothing to be and so we we just that's what you want to avoid that doesn't help you. That doesn't help anybody out. Do the things you need to prepare for. Look at your job. See how stable it is. If you have two incomes, multiple incomes, see if you need to refinance your home. See how you can limit um, expenses. Be prepared um, and use common sense. And I think that's the best way that you can get not only get through this, but then begin to get ready for opportunity to thrive. Look at things that you wish you would have done. I hear so many people that say, oh, I wish I would have invested in the stock market, but it's so high right now. Now everybody's saying, ah, I'm pulling out my money out of <laughs> yeah, the stock exactly. market. And I'm like, I don't get this. I'm like, yeah. hold on. This is the time. Like, this is the time. This is what you were waiting this for. This is where what you, you were at? waiting for. Exactly. So, you know, now's the time to say, hey, I had these investment ideas and opportunities. When's my opening? 
When's the gap? When should I start to get in? Look for the upside, not the downside. Help others, and it, we will get through because we get through everything, and it's a virus. They come, they go, and I think China is our best example, and you're, exact, and you're exactly right. They're already bouncing back. Output is coming up. Everybody's going back to work and everything like that, and it was a matter of months. That gives, I think, everybody hope, and as long as we act rationally. Relatively accordingly. Like Relatively we're, we're not We're not under a communist no, country, no. but... I think that with the precautions everyone's taken already, we should see a drastic decline in increasing cases. And obviously, time will tell. I mean, this could be a totally different conversation in two weeks. But it has been last. Yeah, two exactly. Weeks. But but I mean, that's that's all you can do with the information you have. So that's that's what we're going to be doing. Let us know what you guys are seeing. Um, I love your emails. Thank you, everybody. Um, really, we appreciate you seeing us because we. We see in all our different lines of businesses, but if you're in the restaurant sector, please email us, let us know. And these other sectors, we'd love to, to get a better grasp on, on what you're seeing as far as projections um, uh, on your underlying business and at home. And with that, guys, hey, if you like this, give us a five-star rating. Thanks, everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode of Cashflow to Freedom. Be sure to subscribe to us for more and feel free to check us out at cashflow with the number two freedom.com or find us on Instagram and Facebook. And also, if you could leave us a good review, that would really help us continue to build out our content and our community. Thank you so much.